have we, in the midst of our uh, pandemic, in the midst of uh, a lot of the, the climate control, uh, the climate uh, things that have happened over this past year, um, and all the dramatic changes in our in our in our in our world in the last year or, or so, um, did you ever wonder who is ultimately in control of things? You think, well, what's all this stuff happening? Why is all this stuff happening? Why is this everything going on? Who is ultimately, and you ask yourself, well, who's ultimately in control? Now, some of us as believers, we, believe, we say that, well, God is. But we come to it deep down, deep down inside, do we really, truly understand that? That who's in control? Who's going, what's going on? Have we ever thought about, well, if God's in control, is there a bigger purpose in this? And we have to come to a place where we understand that uh, there is one who is in control and that there is one uh, that has a bigger purpose in mind uh, for what he is doing. Daniel chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verses 31 through 49, and uh, if you would read along with me as I um, go ahead and uh, read this. So we'll be finishing up chapter 2, we'll be finishing our series, uh, uh, well, uh, we're continuing our series in the book of Daniel chapter 2, um, verse 31, you, O king, were looking and behold, there was a single great statue. The statue, which was large and of extraordinary splendor, was standing in front of you, and its appearance was awesome. The head of the statue was made of fine gold, its breast and its arms of silver, its belly and its sides of bronze. The leg, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You continued looking until a stone was cut out without hands, and it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and crushed them. The iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed all at the same time and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain that filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell its interpretation before the king. You, O king, are the king of kings to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the strength, and the glory. And wherever the sons of men dwell, or the beasts of the field, or the birds of the sky, he has given them into your hand and has caused, and he has caused you to rule over them all. You are the head of gold. After, after you there will rise another kingdom inferior to you, then another, the third kingdom of bronze, which will rule over all the earth. Then will be a fourth kingdom, as strong as iron, and as much as iron crushes and shatters all things, so that like iron that breaks in pieces, it will crush and break all these in pieces. And then you saw the feet of toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it will be divided kingdom, but it will have the and it's a toughness of iron, and as much as you saw the iron mixed with common clay. As the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly a 
pottery, so of the kingdom will be strong, so some of the kingdom will be strong, and part of it will be brittle. And in that you saw the iron mixed with common clay, they will combine with one another in the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, even as iron does not combine with, with, with pottery. In the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to those kingdoms, but itself, but it will endure forever. And as much as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future. So the dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. Then the king, then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and did homage to Daniel and gave orders to present him an offering of and fragrant incense. The king answered Daniel and said, Surely your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries since you have been able to reveal this mystery. The king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel made requests of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the administrative administration of the province of Babylon, while Daniel was at the king's court. And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. So today we're going to be looking at the dream of the king revealed, uh, its interpretation, and Daniel's exaltation. So. Paul, we're going to be looking at four specific points here this morning. Um, and we're going to be looking at the dream revealed, the interpretation, the divine kingdom, and the rise of Daniel, uh, the promotion. The dream revealed. Only God can reveal that which uh, originates from Him. Only God can truly give the true reality of what is going on um, and what has happened or what has transpired, only God can give the true um, description of that, but also only God can give the true interpretation of that. And uh, Daniel reveals the exact details of the dream. So in this, in this case, verses 31 through 35, um, Daniel revealed the mystery in exact detail to what the king saw in his dream. Now how did that happen? Who was the only one who could reveal to Daniel what the king saw in his dream? Could there be anybody else? Have you ever had dreams and you get real excited because you wake up and you remember the dream and you just had to tell somebody? I know I did. I've, I've done that before where uh, my son does that sometimes. He tells me about, he has some dreams and he t tells me about them and, um, and he wants to know, well, what does this mean, Dad? What does, you know, what's going on here? And, but who is one who can exactly, who, who didn't have the dream, tell you what the dream is? How does that happen? That can only happen, and in this case, by a person who is in tune with God and is in tune with what God is saying. 
Because that would be an impossible task, an impossible feat that could happen. But here Daniel, in explicit detail, explains everything that the king saw in his dream. So the only way is Daniel saying, okay, he, as we look back, we saw that Daniel and his friends prayed, didn't they? And as they prayed, God gave Daniel the revelation of what that dream was. And, he, and as we're going to find out, he gave the interpretation of that dream. Now, can you imagine how the king, the most powerful ruler at this time, how this king was able, how do you think, how impressed do you think he must have been when he starts to hear Daniel tell him exactly about every detail in that dream? I would be pretty impressed, saying, what's going on? How did he know this? How did he understand all of this? Because he, didn't, he doesn't know what I dreamt. But Daniel does know the one who knows all things. And Daniel does hear and see the God who knows all things. So that's going to be an important thing. So that's, you know, the king is thinking in his mind, how did Daniel get this? See, when God does supernatural things, folks, and this is what we need to remember, when God does supernatural things, it's for a reason and a purpose. And the first reason is, is to get people's attention. So, here the king was giving them the dream. The king was given a dream by God. He didn't know it was from God, but it was from God. And, and now Daniel's interpreting it in explicit detail. Now, that got the attention of the king. The most powerful ruler at that time. And that's so critically, critically, critically important. Is that when God does supernatural things, it's to bring glory to whom? To himself. So that people can see and people's eyes can be pointed to who? To him. And so this is what happened here. And the king heard this and he got his attention and he started to think, well... What's going on here? How did Daniel do this? And Dan, it's going to give Daniel an opportunity to do and, 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 and to glorify and to give honor to who? To God. Because he got the king's attention. This is the first part. Okay, let's go on and we're going to go and we're going to go to our second point, verses 36 to uh, 43. And Daniel interprets exactly what God chooses to be revealed for God's own purposes. So Daniel, not only did he explain the dream, but Daniel interpreted the dream. In other words, the meaning behind the dreams. And that's what the king was looking for. Number one, the king was looking for uh, the description of the dream. But more importantly, he was looking for the interpretation of the dream. And what it meant. And so often, um, the king um, and people, they would look in, in, in those days, and people would look for, well, what does this mean? 
they would tell people different things, um, like a dream that they had. Or they would tell people um, things, different things have happened, and they would ask, what does this mean? What is the understanding of this? What's the interpretation of this? That people want to know, people want to understand the meaning of things. And so in this case, because this was such an unusual dream that the king had, he wanted to know clearly what was being said here. And so Daniel was able to give him the interpretation. And the an interpretation, of course, was correct. And so the king understood that not only, number one, did it get his attention, but the interpretation even solidified the king's understanding, hey, this is something super, supernatural. This is something that, um, that I need to find more out about. When you get someone's attention, and then you go into more detail, and you get be more explicit, and you reveal the, uh, the miracle that has just happened, and you give glory to God, what does it do? It, re it refers a person back to whom? To the God who is the author of the dream. It refers to God who is the author of the miracle. And it it's back, goes back to God who is the author of its interpretation and the fulfillment of its interpretation. So, it all, again, always points back to God. When God does things, it's not just so that people can go, wow, that's great, that's cool. But it's always to point people back to Him and to His purposes and to His plan. Because through it all, God has a, not only is it to point people back to Him, but it's to point people to what God is going to do. And what God's purpose and God's plan is. We always like to know, well, what's your will, God? What's your purpose? What's your plan? We always like to do that, don't we? Hmm. We, we do it all the time in the Lord's Prayer, don't we? we? We're talking about kingdoms here. It says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your, whose kingdom? Your kingdom come. Your, your what? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what, what are we doing? We're praying for God's kingdom. In this case, it was God's kingdom, wasn't it? Your will. Your will be done. We're praying for God's will to be done. His purpose, His plan. And so God is going to accomplish His will and His purpose, His plan in this earth. And that's what this dream was about, was the revelation of God's purpose and His plan for the times and for the years and for the centuries and millennia to come of what God was going to do and what God wants to do when he was revealing it to his people he was revealing it to the world of this is what's going to happen so God is in control and then and this is an important part that we need to be really important um, there's a Bible verse where it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know we're born sinners we're born into sin. If you look at the scripture and you understand scripture, we're born into sin. So we have a natural inclination towards sin. We have a natural inclination towards resisting God. In other words, in submitting to His authority and submitting to His will. We're naturally rebellious because of the sin nature that's in us. 
Some people don't like to hear that, but it's true. It's true, and that's why we have to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Because we're not naturally inclined to do that. But we have to come to a place where we're, where, and this is what God wants us to come to, is a place where we're naturally submissive, where we're turning our will, we're turning our hearts um, for the purposes and of the plans that God has established for his people and for the days to come. And that what's going to be happening? What's the revelation of this dream? The revelation of this dream is what God's going to do. His will, his kingdom is going to be, as we're going to find out, will be what? Established. Won't it? So, as we, and we have to get our hearts to a place where we accept God's purpose. We accept God's will. We accept God's plan and what he wants to do. And that's the place where Daniel was. And that's the place where God was trying to get Nebuchadnezzar to. And that's the place where God wants all his people to be, to come to a place where they're accepting and willing and being submissive to his purpose and his plan and not always resisting. No, 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 no. It's sort of like, um, sort of like in, uh, I remember the movie Forrest Gump. And some of us may remember that. I remember Captain. I remember Captain Dan on the ship, and this is after he came back from the war. I remember there was a big storm in the ocean, and I remember him. And this is a vivid example for me. Some of you may have seen the movie or not, or not. But I remember him shaking his fist at God because of things that had happened in his life, and and being resistant to God, and saying no, no. And he was angry with God. And he was resisting God. And that shaking that fist in the air was his way of saying, No, God, I'm angry with you and I'm upset with you. And I'm not going to do whatever you ask. And the submissive part says, Whatever you want, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. And that's the place where we have to do. Is we have to establish... God's, allow God's kingdom to be established where? First of all, in here. Your kingdom come, God. Whatever is going to come, uh, your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. In my heart. And so that's what the, and that's God's purpose behind uh, these dreams. But let's go on here. And um, so that um, God was doing his purpose, God was fulfilling his filling his plan, and then God uh, was going to uh, reveal that to um, the whole world, so that the whole world could know. And that um, God could change the heart of the, of the strongest world, uh, ruler at that time. And then, um, and so what we're going to go on here, because it gives it gives explicit detail as to what's going to happen in the world. It's good. It looks at um, it looks at four, no, look at five different kingdoms. It looks like the first. If you look at the, what's the first one, it's gold, and it goes down. It's excessive, um, and the next one would be the um, the Medo-Persian Empire. And the next one after that would be the uh, the uh, Alexander the Great and the and the Greek Empire, and then the one after that would be the Roman Empire, and then after that would be the ones for the um, successive 
Um, there would be like these kingdoms that would be uh, that took over after the Rome Roman Empire was uh, taken down eventually. The idea there is is it starts off with gold, goes with silver, and then goes down, and the gold and the bronze, and then it goes down to iron, and it goes down to um, iron mixed with clay. And what it is is that what the um, and, and the symbolic of the gold being the most precious and having the most grandeur, isn't it? People look at gold, and then you have silver, and then you have bronze. What do they use for the Olympics? It's the top of gold. Comes silver, then bronze, but then there. But according to these, the way as I studied it showed that um, the grandeur of each kingdom becomes less and less and less and less and less. So look at uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He had absolute rule and authority. He, is, he was uh, what he said happened. If he said someone could put to death, they they could put to death. It's not like. Um, the Medo-Persian Empire, where they have to ask permission from someone else to put someone to death. Like with Daniel throwing Daniel in the lion's den. He could have said, if that, that happened, never, 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 never said, I'm not, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do that. And no one can make me do that. But so the grandeur of each kingdom was diminished. So you get down to the Roman Empire, where they, it was a democracy and they had the Senate, and so they have to ask permission for everything to do everything. So it starts off with the grandeur of Nebuchadnezzar, and it goes down to the, the, um, the diminished grandeur of the Roman Empire. Now as far as the toughness of the metals, each kingdom outlasted the uh, Nebuchadnezzar's was the shortest kingdom, then the Medo-Persian Empire, then the, then the Greco, uh, and, and, the, and the Greek Empire, and the Roman Empire, of all there are periods of time they ruled that became longer and longer. So in other words, the toughness of the metal, like gold is not as tough, um, silver is more is tougher than gold, bronze is tougher than silver, and iron is tougher than the bronze. And so it was symbolic of these kingdoms being lasting longer and longer and longer and longer. Some people like some symbolism and what that means, but that's from my studies, that's what it showed. Diminished grandeur and diminished toughness, but it showed um, longer kingdoms and lasting kingdoms. Because Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom probably lasted um, not that long, where the Roman Empire lasted probably over, well over two, three hundred, all over three hundred and something years. But let's go on here. But it shows you that God, again, God is in control. Um, and then last, and then the third part is, is that it's, it's what kingdoms left over after that. It's the divine kingdom. God's kingdom will prevail over all other kingdoms. God always validates himself. And we, we have to understand that um, God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Um, it says here in verse 44, it says, In those days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And it's that rock that they're talking about, that rock that was cut out of stone. And that rock that was cut out of stone will destroy that whole statue and all those other kingdoms and pulverize them to dust so that the dust floats in the air and it's gone. 
So, what is that kingdom? And so, that kingdom is, um, it, it says in verse 44, the, the, the king, the, in those days the king, the God of heaven, will set up his own king, will set up a kingdom, which will never be destroyed. So what kingdom is that? You read in Matthew, what does Jesus talk about? He says, he, he talked a lot about, well, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Or the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God, he talked a lot about the kingdom of God. You read Matthew. Because Matthew is a heavily Jewish um, uh, gospel, a heavy Jewish book. They talked about the kingdom. So whose kingdom is that? That's the kingdom of Jesus. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in our midst. If you look at, um, if you look at the end of the, the Lord's Prayer, um, for yours is what? The kingdom and the power and the glory, both now and forever. Amen. So whose kingdom endures forever and ever? God's kingdom. The kingdom of Jesus Christ. Yours is the kingdom and the power. Who is the ultimate power? God is. And the glory. Who is the ultimate glory? God's is. For how long? Forever and ever. These kingdoms prior to this had a, had a certain beginning. Like I said, the, the uh, Babylonian was shorter. The other ones became longer. But they eventually stopped. Well, whose kingdom will never end? Whose kingdom will never stop? It's the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Whose kingdom is able to destroy all earthly kingdoms? Whose kingdom is able to, to, to level all the earthly um, uh, power that the world has to offer? Whose kingdom is able to overcome that and destroy that? Whose kingdom is able to outlast that? God's kingdom is. Whose kingdom outlasted all these other kingdoms? The kingdom of Jesus Christ is the kingdom of his church, his people. Are those, are those any of those um, powers that were back then still in power today? Rome is in, is in Italy. Greece is a country. Um, the Medo-Persia is over in, over in the middle, over in Asia, over in the Middle East, over there. Babylon is in, is in um, Iraq. So, but they're not anything like world powers. But isn't God's church still here today? God's church who began. God's kingdom, God's power was back then. It was manifested in, in, in the person of Jesus Christ. And still here with us today. Outlasting and enduring all those other kingdoms. And it will outlast and endure every other kingdom that may come our way. And we have to understand that as God's people, um, that what God says will happen, what God says will come about, and what God says, as Daniel says here, said at the end of verse 45, so the dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. So in other words, because Daniel was able to explain it and interpret it in exact detail, it was able to um, show that God is in control. Show that it was God who has things uh, the way He wants them to be. He has His own purpose and His own plan that will be accomplished. And there's no man, there's no person that can um, 
can stand uh, against that. Um, and so we need to be uh, really cognizant that even though we see a lot of powerful countries and a lot of powerful uh, rulers and a lot of powerful um, kingdoms out there and in the world and in the history, there's only God's kingdom and God's power with is stronger than any of them. And God's power will outlast them. They're here today, but they're gone tomorrow. God's influence and God's kingdom was here yesterday, is here today, and it will be here for what? For heaven. Because the person who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is King and Lord over all, who is eternal, who will not end. And we do not, and this is something that we do not, we, we need to be cognizant of, um, is that God and his kingdom has things under control. His kingdom, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, is in control of all things. Remember I said at the beginning, have we ever felt like, well, who's in control? Who's got this thing? Who's, like with all the pandemic going on, with all the political unrest going on, with all the, the wars and the, and the rumors of wars and the, and the, and the climate problems going on, who's in control? Ultimately, God is in control of us. And that's what we need to be concerned about. That's what we need to um, understand. We cannot wear, we cannot focus on the things and the circumstances that are going on right now. Yes, there are concerns, and yes, there are issues, and yes, there are problems, but ultimately, our God is in control, and He knows what He's doing, and He talked about this from years and years and years and years ago. From the beginning of time, God has shown and proven that He's in control, that He's got a purpose, and He's got a plan that is going to be accomplished, and that His plan and His purpose will be uh, accomplished in perfect and explicit detail. One thing that I, I just wanted to make sure that I, um, I wanted to, for us to know is that there was um, there's a Bible verse where it says that there's no um, uh, that there's uh, when there's an interpretation of a dream. It says if you look at First Peter chapter one, Second um, uh, Peter chapter one verse nine talks about there's no interpretation of a dream that's of a man's own um, man's own interpretation, but that it's it's God's. Um, his interpretation comes from God. So Daniel, his interpretation wasn't of Daniel's own imagination, but it was from God. And when there's a revelation and there's understanding of uh, supernatural things, it's not from man's own uh, wisdom. It's not from man's own, um, man's own, uh, how do I say it, um, supernatural abilities, but it's from God and God alone, whom God chooses to use in order to reveal what His purpose and His plan is. So it's, I think that's something that we need to be um, aware of, of, that God has these things, and God is in control of these things. And He reveals it to whom He chooses to reveal it. Um, and God still does that today, folks. God still um, reveals His uh, revelation of things to His people and His church. Not only for just back then, not only for the early church, but even for today, God speaks through His people. But the interpretation of that doesn't come from man's own ability, but it comes
comes from God um, and his ability and, and, and God uh, choosing to reveal himself and his purpose through uh, people and through his church. Amen? Amen. But let's, let's finish up and let's uh, finish up with our, our final point here. It says, the rise of Daniel, verses 46 through 49. The promotion. When we're obedient and faithful to God, He elevates. God elevates. Um, when we're, when, if you look at Daniel, what did King, what did verse, what did King Nebuchadnezzar uh, do to Daniel? It says in verse 46, that Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face to Daniel. And gave, God gave orders to present him an offering and fragrant incense. Was he worshiping Daniel? No. He was just showing respect to Daniel. He was showing respect to Daniel and to Daniel's, uh, to the God of Daniel, who was God Himself. Because Daniel, because uh, his and Nebuchadnezzar was recognizing and understanding that the God of Daniel was greater than all the other so-called gods of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, worship in, in, in his uh, culture and his kingdom. So he was recognized and understanding that the God who Daniel, whom Daniel serves is greater than all the other gods of my kingdom. Because Daniel was able to reveal the dream and its interpretation to me. So therefore, this God is a God over all. And again, it comes back to what? It comes back to God... When God does supernatural things, it's not just so that people can go, wow, or be in awe of things, but so that they can point people to God. What did Daniel do here? When Daniel was obedient, and Daniel was faithful to God, and pointed to God, people saw God, and God, lifted, and, and, and God was lifted up. And, what, and, and this is a, a good Bible verse, and it says, um, um, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So, what did Daniel do here? Daniel lifted up God, and what happened as a result of it? He was, um, he was drawing who? Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful person in um, the ruler in the known world at that time, to himself. Because Daniel was obedient, and Daniel lifted up God, and people were drawn to God as a result of that. And that's what happens with us. When we lift up God, and we point to God, because it's not from me, the interpretation's not from me, but it's from Him, then God's able to draw people to Himself. Because that's the whole purpose, right? Because what does the Scripture say? For God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants everyone to come to Him. It's when we point to Him that it gives people the opportunity to do what? Come to Him. And receive salvation. And, receive, and be a part of whose kingdom? Of his kingdom. And it goes on here. And it says, um, it says, as Daniel was promoted, and understand that God reveals exactly what he chooses to be revealed for his own purposes. And we talked about that. God chooses to use his people um, for um, what he wants to reveal, and exactly what he wants to reveal and for the purposes that he wants to reveal them for. So it's important that we realize that. God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. He uses his people to reveal those purposes in his plan. And that Daniel was a part of that. And understand that God's kingdom will always prevail and will endure. 
here Daniel was looking at um, his interpretation of those dreams, his interpretation of those of what was going to happen. And then God lifted up Daniel. Um, and so with faithfulness and obedience comes great reward. And what happened to Daniel? God and the king what promoted, promoted Daniel, verse 48, and gave him many gifts, made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, chief prefect over all the wise men. In other words, he was like second in command. Look at Joseph, the same thing. You look at the book of Genesis. Because he was obedient and faithful to God. What did God do for him? God promoted him and put him in a place of, of power and position. Because he honored God. He pointed to God. He lifted God up and God exalted him. And that's what happens with us. When we're obedient to God, when we lift God up, He will lift us up as well. When we're willing to speak for Him, when we're willing to be obedient to Him, when we're willing to follow Him, He can put us in a place of influence. And whose ear did Daniel have? Daniel had the ear of the king at this point. Because he was faithful and obedient. But yet God put him in a place of position and power. And that's what God wants us to do as well as His people. Is that when we're obedient and we're faithful to Him and doing what He tells us to do, God can put us in the places of, of, of a position and power and influence where we can influence people for who? For God. So we can point people to God. We can point people and direct people to God who is able to change their lives and point them and bring them into His kingdom. So we need to come to a place where we're willing to say, we're willing to point to Him and say, because of God, because of you, because of Him. And that's what we do with our testimonies, isn't it? When God does great things in our lives, who do we point to? Is it about us? But to know, it's about what Jesus has done in us, so that other people can see that and receive Him for themselves. So, I just want to encourage us. God is still doing supernatural things today. Um, and anything that happens supernaturally always originates from Him. Um, and it's exactly what He wants to reveal to us, whatever that is. And it's for a purpose and for a plan that He has. Um, his plan and His kingdom, His kingdom will endure forever. And then when we're faithful and obedient, He will do what? Oh, it's all us. Oh, it's all us. What does it say in the, in the scripture where it says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will exalt you. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will do what? He will exalt you. So, I just want to encourage us. Um, don't put off prophecy. Don't be enamored. Oh, it's prophecy. But take it for what it is and what God's trying to say from it. And allow God to change you through it. Because what God does, He does for a purpose and for a reason. Amen? Let's go ahead and take some time and pray. Um, I'm going to pray a simple prayer for those of us who know not the Lord. Um, to pray a simple prayer of, of salvation. Um, and then 
But we do know the Lord. Just pray um, a prayer um, of uh, just uh, asking God just to do a supernatural work in our lives. Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, uh, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've sinned against you. I know that I've hurt you. Please forgive me, please show me mercy, and please cleanse my heart from all sin. I ask that you would come inside of my heart and take control of my heart and be my Lord and my personal Savior. You be the master of my life. You be the king of my king, of your kingdom and my life. Um, and uh, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in my heart. Have your way in me. Be my Lord and my master and my Savior. Jesus. And Father, for those of us who know you, God, we ask that you just give us submissive hearts, willing hearts to be submissive to your kingdom, to your will, to your purpose, to your plan. Um, Father, that we would be obedient just to whatever you say. When we speak what you want us to speak, say what you want us to say, do what you want us to do. And Father, we pray that you would, uh, by your grace, exalt us in the due season of God. Um, and that we would... Uh, glorify you and, and raise you up and, and honor you on everything we do and everything that we say. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your grace. And Father, we love you. And Father, we worship you. Father, we honor you. Uh, and give you the glory. Um, and Father, uh, we close out with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, the Lord in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, we also forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory of all now. Father, to us now, we 